It's time for Larry News Sports. My guest tonight, she is the host of We Have a Take and the Step Back Sisterhood Podcast from Rip City, Tara Bowen B. We've got Sean Wickens and a brand new segment with a special guest coming up. And I'm your host, Larry joining me thank you thank you oh my gosh i feel like i've never been welcomed with so much fan for before that was absolutely fantastic and i feel like i may win a small appliance or a large appliance by the end of the night too yeah if if you (laughs) if you have a hot take you'll get a hot stove i guess sweet (laughs) yeah um yeah it's pretty much all downhill from here (laughs) I don't believe that. Yeah. All right, we'll try to keep the energy up. Um, well, thank you, Jenny, because I I'm happy to have a Trailblazer fan on the show. Uh, I, as you can see, I'm a Knicks fan, first and foremost, always have been. Um, but for the past 20 years or so, they rarely are in the playoffs, and I always find myself rooting for the Blazers as like my Western Conference team, and especially lately, I mean, Dame has just become just a cold-blooded killer. <laughs> and uh, um, just is is it as fun as you could imagine just to root for a team with Dame on it? So Dame is so special. He is so special that he's actually like warped the way I watch basketball. Like I don't remember. Like I've been a Trailblazer fan since like the 89-90 season. But I can't remember a time now without Damian Lillard anymore just because he's mm-hmm. had that much of an impact. Of course, you know, I remember fondly the Clyde Drexler and Terry Porter days. And, you know, there were moments along the way. But when he came to Portland, they put the ball right in his hands and he took over and he just made an impact right away. And every year we think, well, that was amazing. What a what a great what a great guy he is. You know, this the ceiling is incredible. I can't believe he made it to the ceiling. And then like the next year, he just adds more. And so I don't even know what it's like anymore not to have a person on my team who doesn't constantly like outplay expectations and shock us like every other game with some just audacious move or like shot that you're just like, nobody takes that shot. Yeah. But Dame does. <laughs> I mean, he is the player that I, when I'm watching, I'll, I'll just make the most out loud noises for. And just, he did it in the All-Star game too, um, where him and Curry were kind of dueling. That must have been fun to watch. Uh, I thought I thought he got the better of Curry because he took that half-court shot. He was behind the line and made sure to be behind the line, and Steph did not. So... <laughs> Yeah, Damien just has this way of picking his moments and he has such a just like 
flat aspect to him. Like when you watch him, he's so intense in the games. He's not like making faces except for like when he's yelling at the refs. Uh, but he like just keeps this really level of calm or whatever. But inside, he's just like coming up with these things. Like the the one that stands out to me is in uh, the um, the Oklahoma City series. You know, the one mm-hmm. that famously won with the shot over Paul George. His very first shot in that series, like game one, first possession was basically from that spot. And he was like, this is how it's going to be. And y'all are going to have to come along for the ride. And the way like he just does these dramatic things by taking these shots from these, you know, nutty places at just like the perfect time to like he doesn't just like. He, it's, it's practically like poetic the way he chooses his spots and the time to do it. Yeah. He just, I mean, as you said in that series, he just like took a shot from that spot and just said, y'all have to guard me from here from now on. Yeah. yeah. This is how it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And and when he takes a crazy shot like that, he's one of the few people where I actually think it might go in all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, other people on the team... Um, well, let's first talk about Mello since he's the player in common. Yeah. Um, I'm actually not a huge Mello fan. I wasn't when he was in the Knicks because most of the years were kind of blah. We gave up a lot in the trade to get him. Um, but, you know, I still I still, I still, still like him. How, how do you think he fits in with this Blazers team? So I had quite a mellow journey. Like mm-hmm. before he came to Portland, I really didn't care or whatever. I just knew that, you know, a couple times a year he came in and he like scored all over everybody and that was about it. And everybody loved him and I was like, okay, whatever. And then they had like the whole hoodie mellow and Olympic mellow and I was like, what is the deal with mellow? So I actually started asking people around the league, like who he played for. I was like, what's the deal with mellow? And this was before I had any idea that he was coming to Portland, but I knew that Dame and CJ like had sort of struck up a relationship and a friendship and we're working out with him. So I was like, I got to figure out what the deal is with Melo. And, um, you know, so fast forward to when he came to Portland, I kind of had an idea that uh, the narrative that I'd heard out there was, you know, was a little dramatic about, you know, like nothing is ever as as bad or as good as it seems. And, you know, Mello's fit was never as bad or as good as, as everybody claimed it was, you know, the misunderstandings between, you know, other players or front offices or whatever, like they were all blown up, you know, to make good headlines and everything. And there, I'm sure there was like kernels of truth. But when he came to Portland, he came to Portland at a time where things were so bleak on the team. Was, so bleak. Was this last season? Yes, it okay. was last season. Um, Nurkic, of course, was still out. Um there was like a series of injuries. It was Rodney Hood blew out his Achilles. And I think they were starting like Anthony Tolliver and Mario Hazonia. Okay. So it was like, it was like rough. Yeah. <laughs> and here comes Mello. So number one, it just set Blazer Twitter afire, which, you know, was exciting because at least they weren't just yelling at Mario. Um, and then he came and everybody was worried that he was going to try to take over the team from Dame um, and that he was just going to come in and it just wasn't going to work because he wasn't, you know, whatever. He came in. He was lucky because he op- had an opportunity to get on the court and play a bit like it maybe probably would have been different if he like hadn't had, you know, a real defined role. But he came in and he was nothing but absolutely delightful, like 
absolutely delightful like with all of his interviews everybody that he talked to the way that he deferred to damien but also like took some pressure off of him you know and a lot of people are like damien needs like a veteran leader and i was always like damien doesn't need any problem he doesn't have any problems with leading. He doesn't need another leader. He just needs somebody who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the time, Mello knew what he was doing. So I just, I really loved it when he came because to me, it was just, he was just like this delightful surprise. Like, oh my God, it was like things, like I said, things were bleak. And he was just like this ray of sunshine. And, you know, the uh, record doesn't didn't get a lot better after that. Things, you know, didn't really didn't really move the needle a ton. I mean, it probably would have been even worse if they hadn't had Mellow. But just the the energy that he brought and the like, okay, we're going to do something different. And, you know, like having the Blazers play in Chicago and have everybody in Chicago rooting for a player on our team was like, what is this? I don't know, it was just fun. Mellow was way more fun than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. No, he's definitely taken to the complimentary role, which he didn't do in Houston and OKC. Uh, mm-hmm. And he didn't do it in New York either, but he was he was the man in New York. So that wasn't expected mm-hmm. of him. But it's nice to see. Uh, I'm glad he's still playing. And um, it's funny you mentioned Mario Hazonia. He also played for the Knicks right before uh-huh. the Blazers. He holds a special place in my heart because of these two moments. I don't know if you've seen them, but one was he he had this dunk that Giannis was defending. He didn't dunk over Giannis, but like the dunk kind of knocked Giannis over and he just like steps over him and stares him down. And it's just like the worst player in the league has this <laughs> confidence. And then like two plays later, Giannis has a pretty beastly dunk on the other end of the floor and just make sure to look glare at at Hazonia. So I absolutely loved that. And uh, that was in a very one of the many bleak seasons for New York. So he was a highlight in that season. Uh, didn't he block have a, a big block on LeBron? Yep. That was the same season as well. Yeah. And that was I, like I, to I, end a game. And that was yeah, that was. Huge. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like I. I didn't mean to sound like I'm like bagging on Mario. Like I wanted him to work fit yeah. so bad, but the, the, the role, everybody took on a role that was much more than was expected. Like, you know, Anthony Tolliver's playing like 25 minutes a night and you know, he's also credit to him. He had a good run at the end uh, there with Memphis, but um, you know, he, these guys who were supposed to be like eight, nine, 10, 11 on the bench were like, Four, five, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, oh boy. And so, like, I think I really thought Mario could be really fun, but there were just too many other pieces that were also trying to figure out what they were doing that I just don't think it was a it was a, a good fit. He had a lot of potential, though. The the preseason opening game, he had like he just, he just killed it, and we were like so so excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's and totally that was the yeah. hype. <laughs> he. No, he did. I, I, You would see some flashes where he would have this moment with like a nice crossover or something. And you're like, oh, I see why he was taken so high in the draft and people were so excited for him. It just it just never happened. And he has the yeah. confidence, but I don't know. That guy has so much confidence. <laughs> I wish that he could just like siphon off a little bit to me and like everybody else who needs a little confidence because he was amazing. Well, and also we had kind of a soft spot for him because, you know, he wore uh, Drazen's number. And, you know, people in Portland never thought that they, uh, that Drazen got a fair 
uh, look at the, you know, didn't get a chance to play enough in Portland. And we were all sad that he never got to really thrive in Portland. We were really happy that he, uh, you know, went to New Jersey and had a good career before he was tragically lost. But anyway, Mario paid homage to him. And so that that mm-hmm. really uh, won him over for a lot of people. Yeah, that's nice. I didn't know that fact. Um, so speaking of other or the Blazers team, as we come to the trade deadline, is there... Well, first, do you see them as a title contender or a possible title contender? No. <laughs> I mean, I wish that I was like somebody who just had absolute... Yeah, you, you wish know, you were Mario Hazonia as a fan. Of cor- yeah, I mean, of course the Blazers are going to win the championship. Like, of, of course, they have Damian Lillard. But like, I always... I always go with like the worst case scenario and I, I have low expectations so that they can be over, you know, surpassed. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of my, my way of <laughs> thinking. So, but I mean, there's just, there's just so many good teams. There's always just so many good teams and it's like, it's so hard to win a championship. Yeah. It's so hard. And when you don't have your second and third best players for a large chunk of the year, even if we did have our second and third best players for the large chunk of the year, I don't think I don't know what they would their chances would be to win a championship. So I would love for them to win a championship for for everything to break right, but I just don't see it as very realistic right now. Yeah, unless like things broke wrong for other team for other teams. Yes. Do you but so what kind of even just from like reading Blazers Twitter or whatever blogs or what you hear um what are they looking for at the trade deadline and who's someone they might target? Well, I try to stay out of that a lot because for me, it's easier to just see what happens and then react to that because all of the, like the pre-reacting just is like exhausting mm-hmm. and the Blazers never, ever, ever do what we think they're going to do. So, you know, one thing is that I it's, you know, I'm sure you've it's it's leaked. It's made its way all the way to the East Co- East Coast is that, you know, the big trade CJ, like should the Blazers right. trade CJ? And I think before CJ went down, he had an important enough year and made a big enough impact that people have maybe like simmered down on that a little bit. Um, But like, this is not the time for the Blazers to make drastic changes because they made some big changes over the off season when they brought in Robert Covington and Derek Jones Jr. Uh, It had been a while since they'd had guys who really fit in and could figure out the Blazers system at the three and the four. So like, if they're going to do anything, it'll be on the margins. Yeah. You know, uh, Damien is just like, they're just famous for not having like a backup center because CJ's their backup center. Anthony is their backup center. Oh, you and mean they backup just, point guard? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I say center? Oh my God. It's been a long day. It's positionless <laughs> basketball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't they have a, like a tip off between uh, the two point guards at the All-Star they game? They did, Yeah. <laughs> It's got it in my brain. Anyway, they're famous for not getting a backup point guard um, and for, you know, CJ carrying that load when uh, Damien's off. Uh, You know, they had Tim Frazier. They had Shabazz Napier. They had Seth Curry. But all those guys were also shooters. I I would suspect that they're probably going to look for like a wing shooter if they're going to look for anybody. Um, They don't have a lot of wiggle room. They don't have... You know, they have the two players coming back. So we've got a lot of questions about who's going to, you know, lose minutes. And, 
some of the like Zach Collins, we don't know what the value of his contract is anymore because he hasn't, you know, been on the floor for a while. I just don't think it's the time right now for the Blazers to make a big move. And if they do make a move, it'll be just something small to shore him up for the rest of the year. But having said that, I'm always wrong. So (laughs) (laughs) you never know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my my guess is probably what you're saying, that they'll make a move around the margins. Um, Yeah. I didn't think of it till today when I saw like that the Spurs and LaMarcus Aldridge were working on trades. Obviously they can't trade for him because of the contract, but if he does hit the buyout market, would that be a fun homecoming? You know, I loved LaMarcus and I was so sad to see him go. I would, you know, welcome him back. I don't know team wise if he's really what they need. I don't really see how he would work. Yeah, um, I guess it's more sure. a while. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah. Right. Yeah, maybe LaMarcus buy- is injured, but yeah. yeah. Anybody on a buy buyout market, I I welcome. <laughs> yeah, me too. Anybody, you could anybody on the buyout market could come on my podcast. Come on, oh yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, maybe you could have just like a series of them coming in. Yeah, and, Drummond's and <laughs> making their case. Yeah. yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I would do that. All right, so some sports like basketball and football, baseball are top dogs. But other sports are underdog sports with Sean Wickens. Yay, wow. What an entrance that you, that you uh, orchestrated that for I've me. That I've practiced every night for the last yeah. week. That was good. Uh, so, Larry, I'm here tonight to talk about High Ally. Yes. And Tara, it's nice to, to meet you. Hello. Um, do you know anything about High Ally? I don't think I've ever heard that word before. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, it's, I guess, brace yourself to be educated <laughs> about something interesting. I don't know. I, um, I've i known about it for years. So if hockey is the I, the world's fastest sport, I think Hyalai. Have you ever heard that about hockey, Larry? I, I don't think so. Really? Maybe, oh, well, maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, some sport out there is the fastest sport. Maybe it's horse racing. I don't know. But uh, high ally is the most dangerous sport. That's what they say because mm-hmm. high ally involves uh, players standing in the – it's like racquetball, but it's like you have a huge scoop on the end of your hand and you're throwing a ball back and forth and you, you can whip the ball up to like 200 kil- kilometers per hour or something like that. And people have died getting hit in the head playing but people have died playing every sport larry and tara like you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah people have gone overboard at the america's cup i'm sure i I don't maybe (laughs) i'm sure Uh, yeah anyway so um larry this is very exciting because i think i told you off air i had a conversation with a friend a while ago about high lie for years i was pronouncing it wrong i thought it was pronounced high lie yeah. It's pronounced high ally. Anyway. Well, like um, before you go on, we should just spell it. It is J A I space A L A I, correct? I think so, yeah. Nice. I um I prepared less for this week than I did last week. Only because <laughs> I I feel like I uh, you know, when I was on last I talked about team handball, there was a lot of that sport I didn't get. Highlight, I think I, I got it down. Yeah, it's very simple to understand. Yeah. 
But uh, a few months ago, when I looked up Hyalai, I couldn't find any matches online. It was just sort of like, how do you play it, the history? But I've there are now matches online that have been posted over the last two months. Uh, there's a casino in Florida that... Uh, so anyway, Tara, it's a sport that you really don't... Uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain because it's, it's a sport that people watch for the purpose of betting on it. So it is like horse racing. Okay. <laughs> Which okay, is just, just the fastest sport. I just placed my very first online bet last oh. week. I had a really big week last week. I bought my first Top Shot pack. I placed two bets and I wore my Air Force Ones outside for the first time in a year. Wow. Oh, wow. So That's it's, a... it's been a big week for me. So, cool. well, what was your, what Top Shot did you buy? Uh, well, I got the pack that dropped on Saturday. Um, oh, so is so that I, like you, you get, it's like random cards? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like you have, and you have to like wait in this, like you get there like early and then they give you a number and then you have to wait for your number to get called. And like, it was just the third time I did it. And so the first time they were giving out like 61,000 packs and I was like number 134,000 or something. So I was like, not going to make it. So I finally got it on the third pack and yeah, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, so it was very exciting. I got mm -hmm. a Mason Plumley dunk, former Trailblazer <laughs> Mason Plumley. Although it was not a backwards dunk, which is what he's for, what he's famous for. But mm. that's okay. But anyway, I hijacked the high high conversation. No, I, no, it's please fine. Continue. Yeah, but um, I'm a seasoned better now. So right. So you so you're ready for high lie. Seasoned gambler over here. Two bets. <laughs> oh, good. All right. So high lie is fascinating, and this is going to be a spoiler for people who've never watched the sport. It's real interesting. All right, every round is eight players, okay? And two players take the floor, and one of them throws the ball, the other one tries to catch it, and they throw it back. And uh, this goes back and forth until somebody misses, and the other person scores a point. The person who loses leaves, and then someone else from, like, this mysterious cage comes out, and then they, those <laughs> Ooh, two play. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's fun. Are there other sports that are like that? I mean, I guess baseball is sort of like that, but mostly it's just like the yeah, whole team goes out and then they take a break and then the whole team goes out again. Right, uh -huh. right. Yeah, I guess baseball is like that, but this is like always two, you know, one person on one person. And then um, the first person who gets to seven wins. And if there's a tie for third, they do a point like a tiebreaker to see who wins shows in place places. So it really is like horse racing. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then, um, so while that was all exciting, then the next match was doubles. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is when it gets very fascinating because the action is just twice of what it was, I guess you would call it, you know? And um, so it's, gosh, I wish I had photos of this for both of you, or, or at least- Looking at a photo right now. I'm not, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is all from memory. Yeah, I want yeah, to ask this is all from, but if you're not looking at a photo, that's not fair. I'm not an expert on any of these sports. That's, I guess, the joy of this segment. I don't know. But anyway, um, so, you know, it's you're whipping a ball against a wall, and then it bounces back, and the other person catches it. If you catch it, you're allowed to sort of, like, catch it, and then reset, and then- do a few leaps and then whip it against the wall again. But if if the ball goes over your head, 
you have to do this thing where it's like you have to catch it in your mitt and then sweep it against the wall in one in one motion. Oh, otherwise you're allowed to catch it and like pause for a second. And that move has a specific name and I forget what it is. It's something like revolution, but they they say the Spanish word for it because I think this is a Cuban sport. Um, So that's very fascinating. Yeah. Uh, And then um, what else? Can I ask you a question? Yes. Oh, please. Um, about how big does it say like the dimensions of the court are? Do you have that handy? Is it like a tiny little room? Like when you go to the racket club or is it like a tennis court size? No, it's very big. It's very long. Okay. And this is very weird. Cause it's like, there's a wall on one side that you can play off of, but on the other side, there's no wall and there's like an out of bounds. So I think every player that I saw was right-handed. I don't think I saw any left-handed highlight players. Hmm. Cause the, you know, if you're facing the wall, there's a wall to your left, but then to the right, there's just like where the audience sits in a bench of extra space. Okay. So um, it's the wind up. It's like a pitcher's wind up and basically yeah, yeah. they start facing the side and then. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, but the serve is very interesting. Cause you have to walk you, you you stand against the far wall looking towards the wall you're going to launch the ball at, and you take like 10 spaces, you have to cross this red line and then turn around and throw the ball, bounce the ball, and then when it throws up in the air, then you catch it and then turn around and then throw it. It's like a very... Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like catch and shoot. Right, right. Cool. Um, so it was very exciting sometimes where people would like dive for it and just nearly get it and then you know hop up in the mid in middle midair and then like whip it out at the same time like uh the and again sorry larry i didn't like look up this word the the revolution uh catch and throw i saw some beautiful like um examples of of that um Anyway, High Ally is available. It streams like every night. It's like three hours of matches. I only watched like an hour and a half of them. I got through five. Oh, were you watching live matches? They, I wasn't watching live, but I, I watched like a, a, a restream. It was saved to YouTube. But there's you. there are, should I look up the name of this casino? I guess I should, Yeah, right? sure. Uh, it's know, like well, a half hour north of Miami, I saw. Yeah, uh, it's... My my grandmother moved to South Florida, like any grandmother should, and um, so she lived there. And I I think like the things that they did. She moved there in like the late seventies, I think. Yeah. Um, but like she would go to like the horse racing track, and there was a greyhound track. Uh, um, and then she would talk about highlight highlight too. Like they would watch it, and I guess gamble on it, and. She mentioned the name of some star player who everybody cheered for, but I, I do not remember the name. Oh. Uh, uh, the name of the casino is Dania Beach. Dania Beach. And there's a, and there's a high ally channel. Yeah, there's like a bunch of... I swear to God, Larry, like I, I happened to randomly look this up like two months ago and I couldn't find any matches. Now there's a bunch that are online. Yeah, maybe the pandemic has been a boon for the sport of high ally. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know how, how fast does the ball travel? Um, I think it's like 200 kilometers per 
Minute? I don't know. You know what? Let me just Google <laughs> That sounds it. nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so you can bet on this is what you're saying. Yeah. And I think in the 60s, it used to be like a huge thing. And now, uh, like, it used to be played in Jersey, in New York, and other places. And now I think it's only in Florida. Um, the Ally players retired and moved to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The ones from the 60s. The, hi- the highlight the ball is the... <laughs> The highlight ball is the fastest, hardest ball in sports, and it has been clocked at speeds up to 188 miles per hour. Oh, my God. Ah, that's awful. And it's as hard as a rock. That's why it's Yeah, dangerous. it's like a lacrosse ball. Or So do they wear, like, protective gear? They're just out like, there in their shorts. There's a helmet. And <laughs> uh, the other weird thing is that um, I noticed that the jerseys, so, you know, there's eight players. And you have a number on the front of your jersey that's like if you're first or second or third or fourth or in the rotation, you have that number on the front of your jersey. But then you have a number on the back of your jersey, like 88 or 24 and and your name. So Mm. I I guess when you become a highlight highlight player, you have to buy eight different jerseys with a different number on the front, (laughs) I guess. Depending on what position you're going to play that night. Right, right. Um. I didn't look up the mechanics of the jerseys, but people did definitely definitely have a number on the front and the back. Yeah, interesting, I lo- like a positional number, and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It's like or if you kind of- wore if uh, you had to wear a, a jersey that said center on it or something. <laughs> <laughs> but Larry, I'll be I'll be honest. When we did this last week, and I talked about team handball or Olympic handball, and I watched an Olympic match. Um. This segment already feels more successful than last segment. If you're listening to this, go ahead and listen to the last one. Um, Just because I feel like I was able to understand this sport more so. Mm. Well, I thought you did great last week, first of all. Um, But yeah, you definitely know a lot of specific, a lot of stuff I didn't know. Yeah. Which which was granted, I Granted, I did have to Google stuff in the midst of this conversation, but... There was stuff that I didn't have to Google. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Yeah. You just, I learned you just a in- lot. Oh, yeah. I didn't know anything about this. I I just learned about a whole new sport that I didn't mm. even know existed like 15 minutes ago. So this yeah. is big for me. I'm excited. Yeah. They I'm do excited. not have it on the Oregon Lottery Sports Scoreboard where I can bet <laughs> now that I am a better. So is, yeah. is that new uh, gambling being legal in Oregon or has that been true for a while? It's, I think it's been true for a while, um, but I needed something to do. And so <laughs> I had a friend who does a lot more than I do come uh-huh. on, and he explained both Top Shot and how to make a sports bet. And uh, I've uh, like uh, lost both of my bets, but they were small bets. My first bet, though, okay, here's a real roller coaster. I bet on DeAndre Ayton going over 20 in a game. And he had 17 points for through the third, like halfway through the third quarter. And I was like, sweet. I am like, I'm going to win my first bet. I'm going to be like a hundred percent. And then he didn't play anymore for the rest of the game because uh, they were so far ahead. They like, yeah. Just another reason to be mad at Phoenix, I guess. Oh, is that, did Phoenix get blown out or do the blowing out in that game? I remember they, they played, were doing, like, they played back to back. I think. I think they were doing the blowing out. I don't yeah. know. I, my team wasn't the other team. I was just solely focused on when was DeAndre Ayton going to go back <laughs> right. in the game. <laughs> but it was fun. 
Oh, oh I'm hey. sorry. DeAndre eight. I I was thinking DeAndre Jordan. I'm like, why would oh. anyone bet bet on DeAndre Jordan <laughs> scoring twenty points? <laughs> okay, now it makes a lot more sense. Hey, Larry and Tara, this is very exciting. <laughs> I uh, when I when I looked up highlight matches on YouTube so I can find the name of the casino where that is hosting these. That I I found that there is a video that's online now. There's currently live matches. There's a live game right now. Ooh. There's, yeah. And there are 53 people watching, according to YouTube. 53. Hold right. on. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah that's a 55. 56. Yeah, let me, let me take a quick gander at this. Let's see. I found it on Wikipedia. Here, I'll, I'll, I can send yeah, you the put link. Put it in the chat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, watch the, we'll just drive those numbers up, and they'll be like, what's going on? <laughs> It'll be like the GameStop driving up the price yes we're doing that for highlight <laughs> but for highlight videos <laughs> but there, there's probably people there watching live also yeah uh, um I there you go i just sent you the link right on in the chat this will make this episode oh and like a lot of people are commenting on youtube during this match this will make this episode so much more rich <gasps> Now that people can hear three people actually watching the sport. Oh my God, that was so cool. Okay, the graphics are amazing. They look like they were done on, um, uh, like, word, or not word. Well, word. Okay. Oh, on the side. Oh, it is a big court. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. It's huge. Do you hear the ricochets? Yeah. yeah. And okay, they look tiny in there. And the fascinating thing about this specific channel is just two cameras. Upper That's it. Up, two cameras. Three. Um, now one camera looking one way down the court and then another camera looking the other way down the court. That's it. It's funny. They're showing the score right now. And, um, oh, is that with, what that is? <laughs> with, I guess with all the numbers of the different players. And it very much is like when they show the results or or the pre like positions of horses and horse racing. It's like the number yeah. eight horse and so very similar to horse racing, except. Oh yeah, look at that guy. He has a three on the front and a 20 in the back. Mm. Yeah, very confusing. Yes. This is a singles match. This playing has been to such a big week for me. Playing to, to seven. My upper pad, point four. Um, Oh yeah, and, the, and once you go through one round of all the players going through, I guess the batting order, yeah. then points are worth double. Ah. Yeah. So, but people get eliminated in the first round. Uh, no, you're still in it. If you, if you score zero points, you're still in it, but it's just the first person to seven wins. I see. Yeah. I see. But, but there's also matches where you play to eight uh, or nine as well. I saw a double match where they played to, to nine. Mm. Um, and since this is a sport that you can bet on, it, it made me think that it's probably kind of easy to throw a game. Yeah, I bet it is. Because, I mean, I, I can't imagine that many people are watching since it's Four only got 55 views. Six, right. uh, it may not have that much scrutiny. The gold shirt, six. And it's also just sort of like, oh, I missed that one. Like how would you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's just easy. It's 188 miles per hour. What, what are you yeah, going right, to do? Yeah, right, yeah. All right, well, thank you, Sean. Um, that's been Highly. Yeah. And I know we a should lot. Have had your we should have had your grandmother on. Well, unfortunately, she has passed. Um, oh, sorry about that. No, no problem. It 
Yeah. She lived to a hundred too. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh. Yep. Um. Well, speaking of <laughs> older folks, I guess uh, <laughs> it's time for a new segment. Um. That by our friend Bert Carlson. This is called "This Date in Sports History." Ooh. Bert, can you grace us with your presence? <laughs> there we Hello? go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, is this thing on? Yeah, Bert, I hear you. I see you. Is this is this thing? Am I on right now? Yeah, yeah, you're on. You're on. Larry, no sports. Oh, oh, hey, Larry, how you how you doing over there? I'm great. Oh, you, you're not alone. No, I got uh, I got Tara with me and Sean with me. Oh, he- hello, Tara Bowen Biggs and uh, uh, Sean Sean Wickens. I, uh, I think I Hi, know Bert. Sean Wickens. <laughs> oh yeah. How, how, how are you? How are you all this evening? Fantastic. Great to see you, Bert. Excellent. Yeah, yeah great to see me too. I uh, yeah. I, uh, I haven't looked at myself. Uh, I haven't had uh, you know uh, re- reflections. They don't allow that where I'm at right now. No. <laughs> Oh, no. You live with vampires, right? Well, I mean, I, I've accused them of that. Yeah, they, uh, it's, uh, it's uncooperated at this point. But, you know, it's, uh, that's, that's a going uh, uh That's a going theory. theory. Yeah, yeah, you understand. I got you. So, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm here to talk about uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a sports program. Am I right on that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, here, let me talk <laughs> about sports then. Um. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, today, if, if I'm not mistaken, what's, what, what's the date? It is March 10th. Mar- March 10th. Okay, let me see. March 10th. Okay. Um, I got a Rolodex of dates in my brain. Um, okay, well, right, March 10th. Well, you know, when I, well, honestly, uh, you know, when I, when I think about sports in March 10th, I'm probably going to think back to uh, March 10th of, uh, you know, 1888. It's pretty far Which, back. Uh, of course, we all know. I'm, we, I'm sure we all, we're familiar where I'm going with this. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, but you you go ahead, though. Yeah. Well, yeah uh-huh. me, uh, I'll take the floor. Uh, you know, I, I don't mind uh, taking the conch, so, uh, so, so to speak. Um, can you hear me? Can you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's excellent. That's a good. It's a, it's, a, it's a verbal thing. Well, so March 10th, uh, 1888 is when uh, James L. Sullivan uh, defeated the bastard, J- uh, J- sorry, the, uh, the, uh, the young gentleman, uh, Charlie Mitchell. I don't know how irreverent we'll be in here. I'm not a big Charlie Mitchell fan. Are you, are you uh, okay. Not. All right. Well, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, 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 widely considered the, uh, the, the first heavyweight, uh, you know, a boxer. Uh. Uh, yeah. Which, which was, uh, James L. Sullivan. Yeah. He's, uh, from Boston. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the city of Boston. Yeah. I've heard um, of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's it's got a reputation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he uh, uh, yeah, he bested uh, he dropped Jay, uh, uh, Charlie Mitchell, a young guy from the UK. He dropped Charlie Mitchell uh, in thirty rounds. Hey, Bert, real quick, can I impress Larry with some of my Boston sports knowledge? Please, yeah, yeah please, yeah, take the conch. We've got the Celtics. Mm-hmm. We've got the Bruins. Mm-hmm. We've got the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots. Very good. Am I missing any any? No, team? I mean, those are the four major ones. Major, yeah. Yeah. And you okay. did that all from memory? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> nice. 
Oh, that's that's impressive. You must be a uh, consuming fish oil. <laughs> Some when I have fish, yeah, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. When I get a fish, I just wring out the oil. Like, <laughs> do that. Yeah. yeah. Barehanded. You know, I, uh, that's very sporting of you to bring out the oil and then throw it throw it back. Oh, I don't throw it back. I uh, oh. put that on one under each armpit. I always catch two fish at once. Uh, just because I like the symmetry of the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, no, nothing, nothing's worse in this world than a lonely fish. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but I digress. We're talking, we're talking, we're talking about uh, James L. Sullivan. Right. Charlie Mitchell. Uh, you know, no, I wouldn't say half to death, but I mean, you know, it's uh, 30 rounds. Uh, uh, you know, even with, uh, even with three, you know, uh, three ounce gloves. Uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's not 30 rounds, you know, jaw a lie or anything like that, but you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's taxing. Yeah. It's, it's very taxing. Uh, and actually, you know, when he dropped him, uh, he dropped the guy in 30 rounds and then, uh, you know, uh, 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 Charlie Mitchell, a lot of people don't know about Charlie Mitchell. He was, uh, he was, I think 21, 22. He was, uh, you know, he was just a young piece of work at that point. Uh, and, you know, of course, as we all know, you know, James L. Sullivan was, uh, you know, he'd been a pugilist by that at that point for, you know, he'd, uh, for, for, you know, probably since, uh, see you later, Sean. Uh, he'd been a pugilist <laughs> since, you know, probably, uh, I don't know, 1873, something like that, you know, 1870, you know, early, you know, early to mid 1870s. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Mitchell was a young guy and, uh, you know, he was, he was outnumbered by, uh, you know, well, not outnumbered. He was outweighed. It was the same number. It was just one to one again, you know, just like fish you want, you know, you, <laughs> yeah. you want a symmetry there. You don't want to one fighter. That's, that's not a heavyweight round. What is that? That's just some guy dancing, right? Right. Some guy dancing in oversized shorts and, you know, in mittens. It's, it's not a, it's not a sport. There's nothing sporting about that. <coughs> but yeah, he, uh, yeah, he dropped the guy. It took him 30 rounds, and he was so, uh, and Charlie Mitchell was so, uh, you know, he was uh, inundated with the shame, as one, you know, <coughs> could be. You know, uh, you know, uh, uh, James L. Sullivan actually uh, said, uh, you know, he, he offered to fight him and have him wear gloves. James L. Sullivan was going to go bare-knuckled. And you know, what he, you know how that turned out. He said no. James said no. No, Charlie said no. Oh, Charlie said no. Coward. Yeah. When it really came down to it, he was smart and you know, light in his. He was light on his feet. You know, he could he could dance, but he you know, couldn't fight. You know, it seems like you don't like Charlie Mitchell. Um, no, Charlie Mitchell owes me thirty dollars. Really? <laughs> How's yeah, he that? He owe you for the fish? Oh no, no, no! The fish was complimentary, but no, we got into a we had a scam where we were running uh, uh we we were making a uh, uh, whiskey. We were making whiskey casks out of. Uh, uh, out of old pig bones. <laughs> you and Charlie Mitchell? Me and Charlie Mitchell, yeah, that's how he came over from the UK. That's how he uh, paid his way. You know, he uh, he brought the casks over into in, a, in his luggage. Wow, uh, what a what a 23 and me story. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. It was Oh, you know about it. There were 23 wet whiskey <laughs> casks. You, are you uh Are you in on this scam? Are you are you part of Charlie Mitchell's family? No, I, I just uh, I just know the names of sports teams. That's that's all I know. Oh, that's fair. That's uh, yeah. very savant like of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, it's all it's all, it's all I really got. I mean, you know, right. like, I mean, that's skip town after that. Yeah. So what is he? And he owes you thirty for just some part of the scam. You never got your cut. No, yeah, just thirty dollars, and it's flat. I'm not, not no inflation. 
right. no, uh, you know, exaggeration to say, you know, if uh, if he any of his ancestors give me thirty dollars, I'll uh, I'll remove the curse. <laughs> well, thank you, Bert. Um, you know, thank that's you. been that's been this state in sports history that Mitchell owes you thirty bucks. We learned a lot. We learned a lot. There's um, been a lot of learning yeah. this whole this whole time. This is amazing. Yeah, this is the very educational. I didn't know I was gonna get a whole yeah like a whole lesson, two lessons really. Yeah, this has been such a big week for me. Mm-hmm. Such a big week. That's what I heard. I heard you had a a bunch of shots from of Top Shelf. I don't know. I didn't really listen a lot, <laughs> uh, but I know you're wearing you're wearing shoes. So you know, congratulations. Shoes well, are a great invention. I did one day. You know. Yeah. I, the rest of the time I'm stuck at home like everybody else. So it was. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Well, it really has I, to be an occasion. Do you, got, do you all want to hear a funny tweet that I tweeted? Please. Yeah. Speaking of 2020. Um, and again, I think this only got one like, which Plus is Plus one, I haven't seen it because I know I would have liked it. Oh, oh, well, that's nice of you. Um, I thought this was good. It was um, 2020 was like one big reverse flash mob. Mm. Whoa, that's got layers. Yeah. Instead of people going and congregating to some place, everybody stayed in. Nice. Yeah. And everybody was wearing the same uniform when they decongregated. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of a stretch. No, but I I, I get it. It's good. Yeah. Uh, I, the, I'm taking one thing out of this pandemic as I'm excited that when we all come out of our houses, we're all just going to be wearing sweats and that's totally fine. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Too. Oh, yeah, I agree. I feel like if I from now on for the rest of my life, see somebody at the grocery store wearing like a bathrobe. It's like, <laughs> hey, cool. Hey, Maybe you. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever makes you comfortable. I know just like all the NBA players have been just walking up in like head to toe one color sweats. And I'm like, there we go. The style is set. We're yeah. good. It's going to be a new Bert, era. Do you have a pair of cool pair of sweats that, that you've been wearing? I wear nothing but velour when I go okay. outside. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Whether it's summer or, you know, at the dead of winter, no matter what my location is, it's, uh, just velour head to toe. Do you have mm. the pull, wear the pullover kind or the zip up? Uh, I'll wear my, uh, a velour of my own making. Okay. Uh, I got a combination of uh, Velcro, uh, snap rivets, uh, and then I just, you know, old-fashioned spit. <laughs> yeah. It's not very sturdy. It's, uh, in fact, I really hate going outside the wintertime, particularly if I'm in a place where it's, uh, you know, cold. Yeah, those rivets freeze, man. That would be, whoo. Mm-hmm. Especially when you put spit on them. Yeah. You should rethink that. You should rethink that. You should do your Bert, best, Bert. Bert. Bert really truly is from a different generation. Yeah. That's kind of you to say. I appreciate yeah. that. Very accurate, but very kind. Thank you. Well, speaking of sweats or clothes in general, um, Tara, what do you think of the new uh, Blazers jersey that dropped today? Oh, I'm so upset. So okay. it's gray. It looks like they forgot to turn on the color. It's like when your color print cartridge runs out on the printer and you have to switch over to grayscale. It's yeah. just gray. And like I can look out my window like 300 days of the year and see gray. And so I was just I was shocked that that was the how they were rewarding us because it's earned that we earned uh-huh. the gray jerseys. I just when I saw all of the ones that got put out, like half of them were gray of all the other teams. They're also gray. 
So is it for every team that made the playoffs? Yes. Okay. You earned them. And <laughs> they're all great. It's I got. I got to take a look at more of them. Like half of them are great. The Bucks ones are amazing. They are bright green and they have the uh, the horns up the side, mm-hmm. and they look super super cool. And the Blazers did get some really cool, I think, city edition jerseys, but the earned are not yeah. my favorite. Well, I, I, I really go ahead, I'm Sean. Lo- I'm looking at it now, Tara, and I, I'll say that. Uh, I think they look pretty cool, but then hearing your description of why the gray d- doesn't gel for your part of the country and just the overcastness, yeah, I get it. I'm it's on your gray side. gray all the time. Yeah. Hey, where do you live? In Portland, Oregon. Oh, 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 oh okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and when the sun comes out, like, we all lose our minds, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful. So I would think that I would maybe celebrate with bright colors kind of like the rest of us but that's not the style i guess and the other thing is like the people like people at nike are here so i don't know what Mm -hmm. they're thinking Mm. i don't know why the people at nike were like you know portland they should really be rewarded with the earned jersey that looks just like the clouds outside although i'm just thinking this thought is just coming to me i really love clouds they're like super beautiful so I'm going to pretend mm. that these jerseys are celebrating the different colors of the clouds. Because if you just look outside and you're gray, like, nah. But if okay. you really look at them, they are quite beautiful. Many shades so I'm gonna of gray. Just, yeah, I'm going to tell myself that that's what I'm going to take away from these jerseys. You, you know what the good thing about an overcast day is? Less squinting. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's very oh, yeah. true. Oh, I yeah. live in a perpetual squint whether I'm wearing glasses or not, so uh, <laughs> I can negate the the benefits of that. And I don't want to be a, a a Nike apologist, which yeah. I know there are, you know a lot of apologists, but you know uh, uh, if I put myself in their Air Force ones, you know, so to speak, maybe <laughs> uh, maybe the boss just walked in and said, uh, "Hey, Burke Carlson, what, what what do you got for the new Blazers jersey?" And then I just look around outside and I see gray. I'm like. <laughs> gray and then they're like perfect and then they just walk yeah. out and then i get paid a large sum of money maybe that's uh you know maybe that's approximately how it went down that's maybe i'm just worried that if they wear them in brooklyn like they won't be able to see them yeah, yeah. I, I, and when you say that a lot of the other teams did gray as well it's just they're just washed out i don't mm. i just i don't know i don't get it but you know what i had I often have a very dramatic and often negative first reaction to new jerseys mm-hmm. and then and when you see them on the players, you go, oh, I get it. And they look a lot better. Yeah. Like, so, so I'm hoping that that's what's going to happen. And you said you like the the Oregon City jerseys. I do. They were they're very controversial. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, totally different color scheme. It's brown with. Why is is Pepe Le Pew on, on them? Ha ha. Oh, Topical. 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 Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's an ointment statement. Yeah, <laughs> I want to apologize to everyone for for that. That wasn't great. Yeah, apologize. Nobody enjoyed, nobody enjoyed it, what I just said. It went right over my head. I didn't even get it. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they are brown, which is of course not in the Blazers' uh, color scheme, and then the highlights are like yellow and orange and blue, and they're oh. um, like the silhouette of mountains. I like and it. 
the alternate color is like bright red. So they when they wear tights or sleeves, they're like this gorgeous, gorgeous red. And the super cool thing, there's a couple super cool things about them. Um, one is that they're honoring the native people, the indigenous people of this region. Um, so like each band of color represents a different uh, area of Oregon. Mm. And Oregon, like, you know, the Portland Trailblazers are the only professional, uh, not the only, they are the biggest professional sports team in Oregon. And so they are like truly like the state's team. It's not just Portland's team. Yeah. So I, th I think it's cool that it says Oregon, although <laughs> the sign that that Oregon is uh, based off of says Portland in that script. Okay. But it used to say Oregon. It's all very complicated. Uh -huh. But generally, I think they look amazing. I love that they're honoring the people who first lived here. And when you put those uh, red tights under them, they just really pop. Oh, and the cool, the other cool thing is um, the brown has these really fine lines on it. And I can't tell if they're topographic map lines or if they are tree rings. Uh. Um, Boy, that's really cool, right? That is really cool. <laughs> I like these uh, uniforms. Yeah. Are you they're, looking at them? They're good. I like them. I am also a fan. Um, yeah. I'm very disappointed in what generally the Knicks do with their city jerseys. It's always a disappointment. Mm -hmm. um, What's the best Nick jersey, do you think? I think just the straight blue with... Um, I actually really like what the statement jersey, which is... Uh, the numbers are white instead of orange, so they pop mm -hmm. a little bit more, but they're still like orange outlining. The blue base, though, is my favorite. Mm -hmm. This is this is one of the city versions where it's like a darker blue. Mm -hmm. This is like the only okay city one they've ever done. Mm -hmm. But this year, like orange. What's the that? Orange fan? Are you a, like a like a big orange fan? Yeah, <laughs> I I am oh, okay. sort of. I'm a I'm a fan of. Well, the Mets actually were the first sports team I ever liked. So I oh, did, because of that, weird. start just liking other blue and orange teams like the Knicks and the Denver Broncos. Wow, uh, we're doing a deep dive into Larry. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is what happened when I was... Yeah. yeah. When I came from a comet that, and was found mm -hmm. in the rubble of a YMCA. Hey, Larry, let me ask you. Yeah. What is your favorite, if you were to... I'm sure you have a favorite sport, maybe. But what is your favorite just ball? Oh, just the look question. of it. Like that's, yeah, like that's sports. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I would say, I haven't, without thinking about it too much, a baseball, because mm. I, I like the laces. Oh. Yeah. Uh, a clean ball. And then, you know, the official ones are the Rawlings ones. And that I like mm -hmm. that script font. For Rawlings Ooh. as well. Okay. So, so you, you you base your sports your sports taste on uh, color schemes and uh and fonts. Yeah, I'm a graphic <laughs> designer basically. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You hey, you got to start somewhere. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You need something. No, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So, oh, another thing I like about the uh, the Oregon jerseys with this brown and the different colors, it's like it creates a new theme they could iterate on every year, similar to what Miami has with the pink and blue, whether you like it or not. It oh, is like, they should have stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they, they were great. The, like the gradient is weird. 
Yeah, especially like half and half. It's yeah. like that Star Trek episode where people are like yeah. half one side, half the other side. Like I don't know why they did it like that way <laughs> vertically, of, like, up and down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think the I think these ones were good and. I loved last year's like any jersey that says Rip City on it mm-hmm. is like a keeper. Mm. What is- I, I can't I can't legally go back to any place called Rip City. <laughs> I was actually I, I've uh, I, I'll get escorted to the city limits. Oh. <laughs> Why is, is this that? A Pepe Le Pew joke. Oh, okay. No 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 no. This is just uh, I've got I've got a penchant for forgery. Oh. Uh huh. Okay. So you've you've committed some crimes of forgery in rip city oh yeah oh absolutely but a place called rip city expect me to go there and play the straight and narrow i don't i don't think so bud <laughs> he, just has, he just has a passion for other people's signatures that's all uh-huh. oh that's all. it's art it is yeah. I'm, yeah. A, I'm an art forger by a, a hobby so yeah. you you choose your crimes based on the art of it thank you very much yeah it's very <laughs> yeah. very similar to how you choose your your, your sport fanaticism yeah, we have more in common than I thought. Absolutely. I, I've got a quick sports, uh, taking it back to sports. Mm-hmm. No, don't share. do that. Yeah, oh, sorry. No, but I think if somebody were to ask me, what's Sean, what's your favorite jersey of all time? I'm, I think I'm going like Houston Astros. Yeah, the like from the 70s and 80s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also with orange. Yeah, true. Kind Tara, I see. Over, yeah. Tara, I see you just put in the chat that um, they're up to 615 viewers on the high live. No live way. Stream. Yeah, apparently this is the real match that's coming up. Ooh. I think the other one was like the opening act. This is the big one, I think. Wow. Head- headliners. Yeah. Yeah. It's I been streaming find- for seven hours. <laughs> I got to a- find a way to put money down on these matches. I want to figure out how to do it. That sounds like a horrible idea. Think about what you're talking about. Are you want to put money on something that you've already said yourself is probably easy to throw? That's true. Hey, <laughs> Zane. out for you, bud. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Bert, you've, you've you know. With, I've with won a lot scams. of money off Jailai, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, fixing, uh, fixing matches myself. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know anything about the sport other than the fact that it's uh, uh, pretty easy to fix. A lot of times you can just go in there with a couple of jelly rolls and, you know, uh, just a good back, back slap. Like, hey, you're doing a good job. Throw the game, and then you you win a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of back slapping. It's uh, you'd be surprised. You know, a lot of people say it's you know a, a, a razor sharp smile and a firm handshake, but I've always found that uh, uh, you know, some sort of uh, some sort of uh, you know, <laughs> a sweet sweet pastry and uh, just a hard slap back, slap yeah. on the back. You know, percussive kind of a slap. It's hard not to be friends with someone after that. Absolutely, because you're intimidated, and you're also, you know, uh, there's something sweet in your mouth, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're you're left happy. Absolutely. Well, I want to leave our listeners happy, so (laughs) I'm going to cut out now. But (laughs) uh, before we go, Tara, is there anything you'd like to plug? Oh, sure. Uh, I've got two podcasts that I host where I talk about basketball. One is the Step Back Sisterhood, where I talk with three other fans from three other completely different fan bases. And you can find the Step Back Sisterhood uh, on Twitter at Step Back Sisters. And you can find the podcast itself on iTunes and Spotify and all those good places. And if you are somebody who likes the Blazers, you can follow uh, our other my other podcast, We Have a Take, 
Uh, it's called We Have a Take because we have a take and so can you. And uh, we can be found at We Have a Take and also on iTunes and Spotify and all those good places. And both of them are part of Blue Wire Hustle. Very nice. Uh, Sean, how about oh. you? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I feel like I just took up a whole bunch of airspace. You can find me on Twitter at TCBBIGGS. It's nice. a lot of Blazer content and some Hallmark Channel content. <laughs> cookies. Cookies, mm. Hallmark, and Blazers. Yeah. TC, what, what was that again? TCB Biggs. TCC? Yeah, TCBBIGGS. Two Bs, two Gs. Nice. Okay. Uh, well, Tara, if you liked that um, uh, flash mob tweet, I'm, I'm on Twitter as well for, for uh, Schwickens. Anyway, um, Larry, I, I do a talk show every Saturday mornings with some stoner friends of mine. It's called Stoner Morning Show. We do that. And then um, through Stoner Morning Show, we came up with an idea called Gratitude Calls. If you go to gratitudecalls.com, there's a small fee. It's a service we provide, but we will call your parents and let them know how good of a person you are and that they should be proud of you. <laughs> wow, that is a that is a nice service. It's like Cameo. Yeah, it's like a, it's it's a real business that we're actually doing. <laughs> I really it took me oh. for a swerve. I thought it was like you were going to say gratitude calls. You were going to call someone's parents mm -hmm. and tell them how much they're child your kid loves them but no it's that. like we could do that too no i like the other way better oh yeah i agree yeah. gratitudecalls.com yeah nice oh. and bert how about you what would you like to plug uh, 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 I, i've got it i've actually I've, I've actually got my own twitter account it's called uh bert damn carlson mm -hmm. uh it's real you can go to it and you can check it out. Um, I don't suggest it really, um, but uh, you you brought you, you hit me, so uh, that's the real deal um, uh, that I've got. Uh, and other than that, I just want to uh, just want to say to any family of uh, Charlie Mitchell, um, again thirty dollars and uh, thirty dollars, and you'll 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 be back in good standing with the uh, the you know the energies of the cosmos. Yeah, which is very important. Absolutely. So yeah, third Mitchell family thirty dollars to at Bert Dam Carlson. Any any Mitchell family it doesn't even have to be Charlie Mitchell. Just anybody, give me thirty dollars, and uh, <laughs> Charlie Mitchell can rest in peace. So you hear that? Anybody that goes out to anybody. Uh, I of course am at Larry the Athlete on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, I don't have a LinkedIn account, but maybe Venmo. I should. Uh, Venmo, Bumble, whatever. Um, and you could subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, whatever. And may all your dreams be hoop dreams and may the rest of your days be days of thunder. 